And welcome into the Nick State of Mind podcast special episode here this week as we had two episodes in one week. Usually, you know, it's about once a week that we release something out here. But a big week uh, for basketball, big week for the Knicks. Earlier this week, we talked about the trade deadline. We talked about the possible trades that we can see go down. Uh, the trade deadline kind of kind of went fast and a little nerve wracking. I don't know about you guys, but I spent most of the day kind of getting a little nervous there when. You know, other deals around us, D'Lo getting to Minnesota. Uh, and I'm still seeing that Morris was on the team and just like, are they really not going to make any kind of moves while they eventually trade Marcus Morris? Uh, they didn't get rid of any other guys that we were kind of hoping to, but uh, a lot of people kind of summed that up. They sucked and nobody nobody, nobody wants them, so we're kind of stuck with them. Uh, that That is so true. I was thinking, like, why do they trade them for something? But – Glenn, when you really sit down and think about it, it's probably because nobody really wanted them. But what the Knicks needed to do, and I know, again, a lot of fans were upset about trading guys like Morris because they think we're going to compete for the eighth seed. First of all, if your goal is to be the eighth seed in the East, there's something wrong with you. Uh, I, I mean, that's not, it's not even worth it at this point. So I think the main thing was to build towards the future, to get more assets. The Knicks were able to do that. Uh, Chip, I'll start with you on this. You know, with the trade with the Clippers, with the Knicks received, the draft picks that we got, you know, at the trade deadline, are you satisfied with the moves that the Knicks have made? Yeah. I mean, the most important thing was to get a first-round pick for Marcus Morris, and that happened. Uh, It would have been nice to have traded Bobby Portis, too, because then he wouldn't be playing for the team anymore, and that that would be a good thing. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but there may not have been a market for him, for all we know. it's He stinks. So yeah. there's pro- there probably wasn't many contenders out there who were clamoring for Bobby Portis. Uh, and there's definitely not uh, crappy teams out there who are going to give up picks for Bobby Portis. So that wouldn't make any sense. So, yeah, they may have just been stuck with him. I, I think the Knicks did a good job in terms of trades this week. Uh, the most important thing for was to get a first for Marcus Morris. Uh, I think in terms of the Lakers angle, uh, it seemed like the Lakers were never going to part with Kuzma. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, I prefer the first to Kuzma anyway. I think not a big Kyle Kuzma guy. So I, I think they, that it all worked out and trading Morris was the right decision. And, now it seems like they're going to go after him in free agency anyway. So holding on to him would not have been the right call. And if he really does love New York like he says he does, and the Knicks make him a comparable offer to what's out there, maybe he'll come back. So I right. guess we'll see. Yeah. And, and Danny, now your thoughts on this trade. Uh, you know, we heard some things as, as the rumors were starting to speculate, something we talked about Tuesday a little bit of Landry uh, Shamit. One of the guys that we mentioned there, that quickly was shot down. Is that the yeah. Knicks did? They did try. They did mm-hmm. try. And, and the Clippers were like, nah, that's not going to happen. Don't blame the Knicks trying there. But, you know, your thoughts overall, what the, what the Knicks got in this trade. 
as Chip mentioned, the first round draft pick is huge. Uh, but Mo, Mo Harkless as well. Uh, just talk about the way you viewed this trade for the Knicks. Was this viewed as a win in your eyes for the Knicks? First, I just I thought it was funny because you brought up Landry Shaman in a pod, which like same thing as the Knicks. Can't blame you for trying, but I think I remember like Chip and I were like, yeah, they're probably gonna just like I would, you know, we would everyone would love him, but you know, it just they're gonna he's they're gonna get shot down for that. So that was yeah. funny when I saw whoever it was Woj or Shams when they sent the tweet Landry Shamit is not included. I was like, well, yeah, that mm. makes sense. You know what it is? Um, is but to a podcast for advice. That's 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 what it. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that that was Scott Perry is listening intently <laughs> right now to find out if he made the right move. Um, and on that front, uh, I, yeah, I like the Marcus Morris. Like, I like the move. You had to make it. Um, you know, it, like Chip said, they might want to resign him in the summer. That you know, cross that bridge and you come to it. But when you have a guy in a one year deal, you can't not trade him to a contender when you know these contenders are like bidding against each other for him. Uh, so a first round pick, that's kind of what everyone always said. Oh, he's worth the first round pick. Mo Harkless obviously makes the money work. And then that second round pick is from, uh, it's from, uh, Detroit, like Detroit gave it to LA, I guess in the, um, the Blake Griffin trade possibly. So, uh, that comes over Detroit's not going to be great next year. That's not a bad, that's not a bad second round pick. And as far as second round pick value go, it's very hit or miss. But you know, you, you get a you get a Mitchell Robinson in there every once in a while, so it can't hurt to just have it in your arsenal. Um, and then you know, just touching on kind of the stuff Chip said, I think probably Marcus Morris was the only person who really had any like significant value, which is why we didn't see a ton. You know, any any other moves from the Knicks. Could have traded Dennis Smith Jr. for a washing machine. I'm just saying. You know, but 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 the guy. You, you got to give him credit though. He looked okay. Yeah, that's, you know, I'll uh, give okay him. Some, I'll give him some credit. You know, he's he's showing me a little bit of some of the potential. And again, me giving up on him really is more just him being on the Knicks. It does. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be a fit. I'm not necessarily giving up on him as a, as a player. I still think that he could turn out to be a pretty pretty decent player in the league. Certainly not what I first thought when you know he came into the league, but. You know, that was that was for me. I would have liked to see if we could have dumped some of those guys. You know, I guess what we kind of were talking about at the beginning is, you know, the market probably very soft for those guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, now you got to decide if you're the Knicks, do you start playing these younger players and start giving them minutes here? Or do you still kind of throw out Portis out there, uh, you know, every single night? You know, that's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks decide to do here uh, coming up really even after the all-star break you know i know there's again they're technically only like six games out from the playoff spot they're not completely out of it you know they can try to see if they can make a push here late uh you know that might put a factor in some of these veteran guys that are still on the team still getting some minutes but i would prefer to start seeing these younger guys starting to get some run and, and increase their minutes a little bit more here because i think that's the main thing is to develop these young guys, but overall, you know, you trade Morris again, it's a move that needed to happen. You needed that, you know, his, his stock was high, you know, championship contenders like the Clippers, like the Lakers, they're going to be interested in adding a guy like that to add some depth to their roster. And you, you got a lot of value there and you needed to, to trade him. And the Knicks did the right thing here, getting another first round pick. Now they got several picks. I think I've seen something where they have two first round picks this year 
you know, next year, uh, in the next couple of years, they have like 12 draft picks in total. And that's a lot of assets that the Knicks have, you know, some flexibility to not only just draft some young guys, but maybe in some potential trades, not saying trade away first round draft picks, but you know, if you got to make some moves or something like that, you have some options there with all the draft picks that you have. Now, it's kind of funny because I'm thinking about, you know, the the assets that we got with the draft now that we have all these picks. And it's one of those things that I immediately start thinking about is something else that kind of broke, you know, right before the trade deadline. And that's that's the new team president, the rumors that we're seeing there. And if the Knicks got all these draft picks, then it, it is so important not only to choose the right team president, but to also have the right staff in management. We need the scouts. You know, you need the trainers, especially though when you have those draft picks. Filling out the rest of management is so important right now for the Knicks. You need to find the scouts that are proven, that have found talent, that found some gems, because if you're going to have that many picks, you got to make them count. You got to do, you know, the the homework and really just start looking at these players. And the Knicks don't have a lot of margin to screw up here. They have an opportunity to start drafting some really good young talent, but they need to make sure that they're doing their homework on these players coming up. And I think that's a part of the new management. Of course, Leon Rose now is being mentioned as the front runner uh, to be the next team president. You know, a guy that has represented several big time players throughout uh, the last several years. And I know at one point was uh, LeBron's agent. I know, um, I think he's, he was D'Angelo Russell's as well. Some other guys like that. I know Allen Iverson. I've seen some things on that as well. But it's important for if he if he is the guy chosen, you got to find these scouts as well to do what you need to do in order to make sure that you're taking advantage of these these draft picks coming up here. But that's the news I kind of wanted to start now as we kind of transition. Those are the moves that we made at the deadline was trading Morris. We know what we got in return from that. But the other news was Leon Rose as the potential being the, the next president of the Knicks. And I'm going to start with you, Danny. What are your thoughts behind Leon Rose uh, potentially being hired as the next team president? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I usually I, I try and give people like a clean slate, you know, like I, I would I want to keep an open mind, you know, give them a chance. Like I'm not going to rip the Knicks for hiring Leon Rose, you know because we haven't seen it, you know, we haven't seen it in action. It could be, you know, he could be great, great at the job. Um, but that like, with all that said, I'm definitely skeptical of it because people are comparing it to, you know, what the Lakers did with Palinka and what the Warriors did with um, uh, blanket uh, Bob Myers. But in both of those situations, like it's, it's just, it's much different than the Knicks because with the Warriors, Larry Riley was running the team when Bob Myers came on and he basically learned from Larry Riley, who, you know, is just a basketball lifer, which if Leon Rose is the president, he's going to be the one in charge. And then with Palenka, I mean, I don't know how are we giving a I mean, listen, you got to give credit to Palenka. The Lakers are good. But was he really the guy who, like, convinced LeBron to go there? And then, you know, did he really get the Anthony Davis trade done or like? Did that basically just fall into his lap? Because at a certain point, Anthony Davis said, "You have to trade me to the Lakers." So no and yes, I mean, yeah, it. But just my point is that you know it's it's worked. You know, it's like it's worked 
being a couple spots, but they're just they're different situations. You can't just say, oh, this is the blueprint. We got to follow the Golden State model. That's going to get us to, you know, sustainable contender, win championships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but like just tracking back to my first thoughts is you got you got to kind of just wait and see with it. Yeah. And yeah, Chip, same thing. What are your thoughts and reaction behind this? Again, this seems to be a move that some teams have gone to, as you just mentioned, the link of the Lakers, the Warriors, you know, getting these agents to kind of take over the team that have these, I guess, these connections with all these players and the, and the belief is it should strengthen their chances in free agency. Uh, what, what are your thoughts behind Leon Rose uh, being hired as the next team president? Yeah, in classic Dolan fashion, he thinks he's following someone else's blueprint but like Danny mentioned, he's really not because Bob Myers wasn't immediately handed the keys to the Warriors. Rob Palenka wasn't immediately handed the Lakers. Uh, but Dolan probably doesn't even know that. He has no clue. He probably thinks they were put in charge right away. He's too stupid to have done any research about it. And the real reason that Leon Rose is getting the job is because He's been friends with Dolan for a long time. They've known each other for a long time. Uh, he's represented uh, Carmelo when Carmelo was traded to the Knicks. He represented Andrea Bargnani when they maneuvered Andrea Bargnani to the Knicks. Let's pretend that didn't happen. No, well, I can't. Um, <laughs> Chip's, Chip's digging it up right now. Yeah, he... I love it. Look, and we have seen this before. Remember when fucking phil jackson took the job yeah and he was pitched as a guy with influence who was going to be able to talk free uh, agents and to finally yes. come to new york he has the respect of people around the league he has the respect of agents and other coaches and people like that and he's phil jackson he's gonna get guys in the room yeah that was fucking bullshit because he yeah. fell asleep on buses and he couldn't even get to meetings he was making powerpoints with offenses from the 90s in them and no one wanted to even show up to talk to him Kevin Durant couldn't get anybody in meetings yep. and look I just feel like we've seen this before and most importantly what player has ever signed anywhere because of who the general manager was thank you has any player in history ever signed anywhere because of who the general manager was I just don't see it and I know people are talking up this fucking worldwide west guy whatever his fucking name is <laughs> The guy from the Drake song, mm -hmm. I don't care. Uh, I know he, he apparently has a lot of pull, too, whatever his role is going to be. But he has some uh, – uh, what's his job even going to be? He's not running the team. Is anybody really going to commit three years of their life because of this guy, because of some guy who isn't even in charge of the team? <sighs> Shit. I, I just would have liked them to have actually done something normal for once and put a guy in charge – who has actually run a team before, like Masai Ujiri, like Sam Presti. But of course, fucking Dolan had to dole in it and do this and issue a fucking press release that says I'm not selling the team when no one was even talking about that, <laughs> which I think had to do with this whole uh, Cohen-Wilpon bullshit that's going on, too. I think it had to do with that. And uh, also, he's still bitter about that massive sell the team chant that he, I'm sure, tried to throw out everyone who was in the arena at the time that was going on. He probably hunted them all down with fucking security guard people. 
but uh, I just w- like I just wish they'd do something normal. I think this is going to be a shit show. I know what I do think is funny is that the national media all loves it because they all love agents because they all leak information to them. Like Bill Simmons loves it. That's uh, actually, I'm sure that's a very good point. That I didn't, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even make that connection yeah. about mm-hmm. you know agent national media. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a very good. Leon point. Rose has been leaking information to Woj and Sham Shams, whatever the fuck, for how many years? Mark Stein, he's been getting information from Leon Rose forever. So those guys are going to report a lot more favorably on the Knicks. And I think someone, maybe it was you, Danny, I forget who it was, told me that Woj is a CAA client. I know I read that Bobby Marks was when they were talking about Bobby Marks maybe being the Knicks GM. He's a CAA client. So I... Jesus Christ! That was that wasn't me, but I feel like I, I feel like I, maybe it was Colin said it on Twitter or something like that. Oh, it might have been Colin. Might have been because I, yeah. I feel like I saw that too. I feel like the the Woj CAA connection. Yeah, I know. Uh, the post uh, Berman said that Bobby Marks is CAA. So if Bobby Marks is, it's not a stretch to assume that Woj yeah. is. So yeah, yeah. All I know is Trip is fired up. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I love Definitely. it. I'm enjoying it. I could have sat back and listened to another 10 minutes. <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, you know, and look, this is something that, you know, again, guys, you know, I talk to you guys. I, I like to talk to a lot of Nick fans. I, I talk to a lot on, through Twitter, a lot through Facebook. You know, I don't mind hearing other people's opinions and stuff like that. And one of the things that always comes up sometimes from people that and when you work in media when you work in something like this you're you're always going to piss off somebody you're like you're not going to please everybody everybody thinks they can do a better job it's just it it comes with the territory here but one of the things that i talk to a lot of people that you know even talk a little bit about the podcast with me as i go man sometimes you guys can be a little pessimistic and it, it just it's one of those things where you start talking to them and they go, well, what ways? Well, you guys say they suck and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're talking to them. By the end of the conversation, they'll come at, yeah, we do suck. And I'm like, well, then you just contradicted everything that you said. You're going to bash us for that, but yet omit the same thing. Like, it doesn't – you can't have it both ways, you know. And one thing that I always say is if you want a show that's going to tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear, then this podcast isn't for you because we're just not going to do it. And – you know, your take right there, Chip, probably just pissed off a whole lot of people. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you want? You know, and, and, you know, I agree with both of you guys' take on it because here's the thing. You know, Danny, you're saying you, you want to give him a chance if he's hired. You don't know how it's going to work out. And I kind of agree with you there. If they bring him in, am I going to be thrilled on it? No, because we talked earlier this week. I, I would like to try to go for somebody like you, Jerry, or, or Pressy. As well, Chip, I'm right there with you. But if he is, give him a chance type thing. But, Chip, I'm glad you said all the things that you did because those were my concerns. When's, you know, they keep bringing all these people in that they they believe have an influence on players. They think it's going to help them in free agency. You know, why did they hire Fisdale? Fisdale was supposed to be a guy that people liked. How did that work out? We we, we fired him uh, two years into the job. Well, everybody supported him after he got fired because he was so great at his job. 
it's just it, it, it's it, it's one of those things where I understand the thought process. Yeah, this guy does have connections and deals, but he has no experience of running a team, and it does give me reason of concern. I've seen so many people just, oh, that's so awesome. It's so smart having this agent there. You know, this guy talks to this player. He's going to help us out in free agency. And as soon as you sit down and really think that through and say something against it, you're pissing off a lot of people that believe that. But it's the truth. You know, as Chip said, how many players come to a team because of a GM? And, you know, Phil Jackson, as you mentioned, everybody talked about Phil Jackson was going to do this and this for the Knicks and people are going to love it. That didn't work out. They, and I just, you know, Fizdale was hired for the same reason that people seemed to like him. We didn't land any free agents. So forgive me for being a little pessimistic and a little concerned about it. I'm not going to say that it's not going to work. And that's where I agree with you, Danny. We don't really know. But at the same time, I've kind of seen this thing done with the Knicks before and it hasn't worked out. And there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. I'm not looking at this. People are saying it's a win again for the Knicks. Any damn decision that the people think is made, anything new is always looked at as a win. You know, when instead of looking at things logically here and getting a guy that was proven. Now, you could say, are the Knicks really going to be able to get Ujiri? It would take a lot of assets. Not saying that would happen. Sam Presley the same way. You know, would the Knicks be able to, to take him for OKC? Who knows? But the point is, I would have liked to try there first before we did something like this. You know, I, I felt like you you got rid of Mills. I didn't expect a quick turnaround, somebody to be hired in the next 48 hours after that happened. I, I figured they would kind of take their time with it, see what opens up, see what they can do. Am I going to give this guy a chance? Yeah, I'll give him a chance. But forgive me for being a little concerned when I've seen this done before, that the Knicks keep bringing in these people that are supposedly likable, Say that with air quotes, and it still does nothing for us free agents. It still never attracts any big time free agents. So, you know, I understand the mindset. I, I understand the concept of what the thought process is. Is this is a guy that has dealt with players, has relationships with players. It might give us some a, a better chance to bring in free agents. I, I mean that that potentially is true, but like Chip said, at the end of the day, who the hell goes to a team because of a GM? Doesn't happen. They come to a team because they want to win. They're, you know, that's especially the case. That's why everybody's passing on New York. We don't have any foundation. As much as you, you know, some people would like to think there is, we don't. And it's going to take a little bit to build that. And until that does get built, we're still going to be in the crappy spot that we're in now. The draft is the most important thing for us. And people need to get through through the quick fix is something the Knicks have tried for years and years and years. And how does that work? What has that gotten us? Nowhere. You need to build through the draft first, build a strong young core, and then you attract those big free agents to come. That's the way it works. Until that happens, we can keep trying to do what I call these Band-Aid fixes where we go after these these free agents and throw some money at them, and we're just still going to continue to suck. And people that don't see that, I don't know what to tell you because it's been the same thing over and over and over with this team. So, yeah, I have a little... A little concerned myself on, on Leon Rose. I get it. I understand what the concept is. Is it going to work? I have my doubts. Uh, it's just the honest truth. I mean, just piggybacking kind of off what you guys are saying is that you don't attract free agents, yeah, by you know chasing them with you know people with influence and you know esteem around the league. The way you do it is just draft well, right. develop players, play over your head. 
you know, like last last year, Nets played over their heads. They they overachieved, and guys said, okay, yeah, I want to go play with that. And the fact that they're in Brooklyn, they're in New York City, they get to live in you know one of the the most exciting places in the world. They're like, okay, yeah, no, that's awesome. That like the same that that same thing will happen to the Knicks. Plus, then a little something extra because they're the Knicks when they finally reach that point where you know they're overachieving and people are saying, okay, they they got something going on over there. You know, Mitchell Robinson looks good. R.J. Barrett looks like a player. Whoever they draft this year, you know, looks like they're going to be like a decent player. If they just start, you know, small steps eventually will lead to that big, you know, free agent eventually down the line, and then maybe you can build like. A sustainable con- like contender or at least playoff team for a little while right. but again you know it doesn't start necessarily with who your president is or you know who has influence it starts just getting get hitting right on the draft getting a Shea Gilgis Alexander you know like drafting a guy like Donovan Mitchell you know just things like that that's that's how you're going to build build the uh you know the sustainable winner that everyone wants more so than Chasing, chasing, chasing. You know, you can like somebody, right? Because you bring in guys that are likable or have connections. You can like somebody all you want. That doesn't mean you have to go play for them and go sign with them. You can go sign somewhere else and still be friends with them. So that whole mindset is this guy has connections. People like him. He'll bring people, attract people. We've tried that before. We brought in Phil freaking Jackson, who's won all these championships. (laughs) It was a disaster. And here it is. Ah, oh, we'll try this guy now. You know, I mean, we've had people that have have some kind of huge impact on this game before. Isaiah Thomas ran the freaking team. He's one of the best point guards of all time. How did that work? That's all I'm saying. You keep bringing these people in because they have connections or people know them. Okay. You, you need to bring in people that know how to draft and actually know how to do the little things like that. That's all I'm saying. I guess I guess to be fair at least <laughs> the Steve Mills was involved in all of those situations that were like the past situations that backfired. And but he's been around for decades and it's failed but for that's decades. What, that's what I mean. Now he's gone. <laughs> maybe maybe that really was the uh the big the big issue all these years. Who knows? I'm telling you guys my, my GoFundMe page to buy the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Just give yeah, me some just this i'm going off on a little tangent but i feel like no one's even meant i haven't seen anyone mention that what the knicks are doing is exactly what the mets did a year ago you know like hire big powerful players i mean i I think in baseball i think in baseball like not so much about attracting star talent with brody van wagenen but this is the same thing they hired van wagenen from caa to take over and now Leon Rose from CIA is taking over the uh, the Knicks. That was because they didn't want to pay any a real GM though, right? And because he was Degrom's agent. Yeah, I think I think Degrom's agent probably played a, a pretty decent factor in it. Um, but I'm I'm not sure how much he's making as as GM, honestly. Well, but, I know they hired Beltran because they didn't want to hire they didn't want to pay a real manager, and then they fired Beltran. And then they, they was, fired him, and then hired. Although. Rojas got to be cheap. Right. Yeah. You know, all I'm thinking is, though, why Chip was on his rant, is I'm pretty sure Chip is trying to get banned from the garden. I don't know. I, I, he was I working hard. Shit. <laughs> Chip was working <laughs> hard to get banned from the garden. 
He's saying ban me. All right, do me a Whatever. <laughs> I know. It does look it it's my what I was saying, it's not even about Leon Rose. Like it's what Ian Begley wrote a great uh, piece that came out, I think today even and he said it, it's not about like the best one is it's about who Leon Rose hires. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, that, uh, that's what I was trying to get at. Uh, well, like, I think it was a quote, like, he had a quote from uh, a former uh, Knicks executive who was, like, talking about, like, the analytics people he needs to hire and the scouts and all, like, the, the cat people because that's obviously not his specialty. So he needs to bring in people who aren't like that. And uh, I, he had a quote from someone else who was talking about how, like, smart Leon Rose is and all that and how he has the possibility to succeed, but right. it's a matter of whether or not he's complete autonomy because no one ever has that with Dolan. Like, even Phil Jackson didn't have that with Dolan. Like, uh, Begley noted in the story, like, Phil Jackson wanted to hire someone for the training staff and he wasn't allowed to do that. Like, someone on the fucking training staff he wasn't allowed to hire. Yeah, That's crazy. He's Phil ja- As much as I thought Phil Jackson was a tool... He's Phil Jackson. If he wants to hire someone for the training staff, he should be allowed to do it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that. And yeah, my I, look, I, I'm not optimistic, obviously. Right. But yeah, but I don't know. I shit. I it like it depends on who he brings in as like the general manager stuff like that. And the coach is going to be huge if he hires Mark Jackson as the coach. I, I don't even know if I'll be able to live through that one. I, that I, fans want. But, I mean, think about it logically. Yeah, I according mean, I like to, yeah. It, but think about it. According to Stephen A., the pulse of New York depend if, – if the Knicks don't hire uh, Mark Jackson, New York is going to crumble into a pile of rubble if, if uh, they go anywhere else other than Mark Jackson. Guys, so – I don't know who that, he talks that to. Was, that was a ridiculous – thing for anyone to say that i mean uh, like don't get me wrong there are definitely knicks fans out there who and i'm sure there are a decent amount more or there are more off twitter than you know the ratio on twitter but like to say that like everyone in new york is like clamoring for mark jackson to be the next head coach is ridiculous there's definitely the some mark who jackson watched fans him play people who watched yeah, him play a, a lot of people who you know watched him play and maybe, you know, didn't follow him as closely in Golden State. Or maybe they did. I don't know. I'm not, like, trying to create some hypothetical Jackson supporter here. Well, but I think, you know, a lot of people who watched him play and, like, thought he was a great point guard. People usually equate, like, great point guard to, like, coach on the floor to should be a great coach, you know, after he's done playing. So, I mean, it's Mark Jack. Like, it's just – it's not, like, an overwhelming no majority going crazy for mark jackson i know that for a fact no yeah. nick's twitter is is not look at the what the posting and toasting guys have written about him <laughs> like yeah that's a, yeah posting and toasting that's actually i think i wrote something about mark jackson before like when the the fisdale hiring was going on and uh that's alex wolf like yeah, that's alex how wolf, we, yeah that's how we ended up following each other was mm-hmm. i think we both wrote like you know mark jackson stuff like on the same day and we just started following each other and talking about, you know, how Mark Jackson cannot be the head coach. No, it's and I uh, look, I like Tibbs a lot, but I, I don't want Tibbs either. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, I would. I'm a huge 
Jeff Van, Jeff Van Gundy fan. I'm not sure. I, I would of of those three. Those those are like the only three that I've seen mentioned. I guess I'd I'd be okay with Jeff Van Gundy, but I I think Becky Hammond would be pretty awesome. Uh, just based on everything you hear about Becky Hammond, I think it'd be really cool yeah. if they brought her in. That's and what I I'd think, like to say. Uh, but I think actually. Oh, sorry to cut you off, Matt, but I was just going to quick chime in and say, I think she probably is looking for a place to go rather than waiting to take over for Popovich, because I think Duncan might be the yeah, heir apparent there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the only thing about Becky, to me, is, you know, she's obviously learning from the master and Greg Popovich. I know a lot of people are going, really, you guys are saying Becky? Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's not, it's, it, 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 I'm not saying I would hire her to be the head coach because I don't think the Knicks can take that on right now. I think that, you know what I mean? Like to give her the first head coaching job is something I just don't think this team can take on. Like I see her being a head coach in this league. Like she's getting high praise. And if you follow it, you know, a lot of people believe that she can be a, a, a you know, a head coach in the league. I don't know if the Knicks can take that on. The whole Mark Jackson thing, you know, I and I like Mark Jackson. It's nothing personal at all. It's and five, six years ago, I would be screaming, "Yeah, man, we got to bring in Mark Jackson," you know. But when you sit back and you really look at it and you separate your fandom, he didn't win in Golden State with that team that went on a dynasty right after he left. He didn't get the most out of those guys. That's a little concerning for me, you know. It's it just you hear some things even from those players in the offensive system. They didn't enjoy it. You know, it wasn't getting out, running, and shooting the threes that we usually see a, a Golden State team when they're they're not this season. But you know what I mean. The Golden State team we've seen for four or five years ago. It's you know, the, and the the point that I'm making here is going back to Chip. You're talking about Begley, and I didn't see that that article. I wish I would have read it because that that's basically what I was trying to say. It, it's more about the moves that are making, and really the scouts. Or one thing that I'm thinking about is with all these draft picks, we can't afford to screw it up. We actually have a lot of draft picks. Like we have 12 in the next, you know, few years in the draft. That's really important. You can, not all of them are going to work out. That's just the way it is, and that's the way it is for every team. But if you can get two or three of those guys to work out, then you have finally have built a damn foundation. It's this is a time right now to really hit that hard and get the best guys out there to give us the best chance through the draft to build a foundation through this 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 team. And yes, the coaching search is also very important. I don't I, right now, you know, I don't I don't know who's going to be the next head coach. You know, and it's just I think it's one of those things where that is obviously huge, and you know, the whole process. And I'm sure that picture is going to kind of shape up, and we'll definitely be getting into that. You know probably by the end of this season or so and having possible targets. Uh, but to me, the, the main thing is we're building through the draft. We have all these draft picks. We have all these assets through the draft. Don't screw up the scouting department. If you screw that up, all of it was for nothing. You can have all these draft picks. If you can't turn them into something, you did nothing. You, you just wasted several more years. So it, it's, it's crucial at this point, but, that's kind of where we'll leave it at here. It's been a fun week. We've got got a couple episodes in here. Deadline. We we, we got to do a when it obviously when it gets closer because you know Mike Miller is actually doing a good job. Don't want to talk too much about you know who the next coach is going to be. But when all that happens, if Mark Jackson is a candidate, we have to have a Mark Jackson pod. Oh, yeah. Just there's so much to to get into there. Yeah, yeah, and and and. 
I find it funny that you complimented uh, Mike Miller here. He upsetted you this week. You know the, the magic game. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just I missed uh, I missed the magic in the locker room. It's all good. It happens. <laughs> they got uh, fucked over. So yeah, yeah no, that, that was the interview. thing. I think I think if the magic if if Fournier hits a three there, you know, and and wins the game, I'm sure he would. You know, he would have uh, he would have been much more uh, apt to to just give me a couple minutes. Because uh, I just I missed his uh, his press scrum, but eh, yeah, it is what it is. No worries. All right. Well, we'll leave it here. We'll be back uh, next week. Next week might be a little bit different. Might do something about the All Star game, uh, the All Star weekend stuff like that. Unless if there is some news that comes out uh, from the Knicks, and of course we'll have some kind of topics to go there. But uh, next next week, I, I think we kind of have more of a an All Star game angle. Uh, we might you know, uh, Saturday might be night a five game winning streak. <laughs> well, I mean, they play Detroit tonight. I, I if we I, Detroit and Atlanta. I, I if, if you can't win these, they're games, favorites against Detroit, and I'm sure they'll be favorites against Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy while it lasts, I guess. I mean, I, I this is this is probably the most winnable stretch we've had. You know, we beat Indiana, which was a little surprising there, but yeah, it, it's a little soft the next couple of games. You know, and who's going to tank better? I, 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 that's what it comes down to. If we lose those games, it's a clear indication that we're tanking. You know, we got to lose some of these games coming up. What's here. the reason to tank for the? Not yeah. in this fucking draft. No, no, yeah, exactly. At this point, go for it. Why not? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>